Good morning. Ooh, ooh. Um, so our reading this morning will kind of be from all over, so you can just sit back and listen. And uh, It's going to be talking about how we relate to each other in community. So we're going to be reading a lot of different passages. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Greet one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. Love one another, wash one another's feet, be devoted to one another in love, live in harmony with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, submit to one another, encourage one another daily, offer hospitality to one another. Um, what, what Sean just read were a collection of commands from the New Testament, from Jesus, from the apostles. And when we read those, if we, if we take those seriously and we think about what we, how we gather together on a Sunday morning, 
uh, we cannot, we simply cannot live out those commands in their fullness if we only see each other once a week on a Sunday morning. Uh, I love what we do together on a Sunday. I love singing with all of you. I love hearing the word preached. I love having communion, and I, I like the chit-chat before and afterwards. I'm kind of an introvert, so it's any other introverts out there uh, struggle with kind of small talk before and after the service. Um, but what we do on a Sunday simply does not allow us to fully live out uh, these commands. These commands presume a level of relationship with each other that extends beyond seeing each other once a week. And there are many ways to pursue this uh, depth of relationship. One way we seek to do that here at Missio, uh, ever since our founding, is through house churches. And that's going to be our focus today, is house churches. So what is a house church? Uh, here at Missio, a house church is a small church that meets in a house. A, a gathering of believers. Thank you, thank you. A gathering of believers that meet together in each other's homes. And why do we have house churches? Why do we meet together in small gatherings in each other's homes? We have just uh, passed through the season of Advent and Christmas. And Christmas is a, is a season where we retell the story of the gospel. We, you know, we sang, O Holy Night, on Christmas Eve. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. The whole world is enslaved to sin and is pining away. And the story of Christmas is the story of God himself becoming flesh, entering into the world that's enslaved to sin and coming to rescue us and to set us free. And this is, this is the message of the gospel that we celebrate at Christmas, that God became flesh, lived among us, gave his life for us, died on the cross, rose again, and we can all be set free from sin. Uh, but the gospel is not merely a story of Jesus coming and setting us free from sin. It's Jesus bringing a kingdom, a new way of living, and setting us free from sin and into a new way of living. And it's a new way of living that calls us to uh, many different things, but it calls us out of individualism, out of American individualism where we live isolated lives for ourselves, and it calls us into a community of people who are marked by the life of Jesus and living that life together. So the reason we meet together in house churches is because we are uh, transformed, we're impelled by the Holy Spirit to meet together with one another, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, the good news and to live it out in our neighborhoods and in our everyday lives. So that's why we meet together in house churches. And it's been a part of our uh, church ever since its founding. Missio was started as a house church, meeting in uh, Kyle and Joy Costello's home. It grew into three house churches before we ever met together on a Sunday. And we've had house churches ever since. It's not the only way we can live uh, in community, but it's, it's a key way that we do that here. And God has been doing a ton in our house churches this year. So this Sunday, we're going to focus, uh, share some stories 
of what God has done in our house churches through the year uh, for, for three main reasons. One, we want to praise God and glorify Him for what He's done. Uh, number two, if you're already in a house church, this can be highly encouraging, can give us a vision for what our house churches can be in the coming year. And then third, if you are not in a house church, never have been, or maybe are considering it, uh, it's a window into what we're doing, and it's an invitation to, to join in uh, that aspect of community life. So to tell these stories, I've asked several folks uh, from four different house churches to join me up here. Uh, so you can go ahead and make your way up, uh, Rebecca, Susanna, Austin, and Max, and give them a hand because it's not easy to uh, do this. Thanks. Right. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll start off with some introductions. Uh, I never introduced myself. My name's Luke Goodrich. I'm uh, not a pastor. Both of our pastors are out of town today, so while the cats are away, we get to uh, do whatever we want this Sunday. I'm one of the, one of the elders here. It's just a, a volunteer uh, leadership position. Uh, hopefully helping to point us toward Jesus in the way we structure our life together as a community. I am part of uh, the Poplar Grove House Church. Would you mind putting up that slide with the list of the house churches and when they meet? We have like eight to ten house churches here at Missio, um, and they'll probably be scrolling up on screen. Uh, we name them geographically, so I'm uh, part of the Poplar Grove House Church. It meets just like a mile and a half uh, south and a little bit west of here in my home, in the Trousdale's home. I've uh, been part of that for about three years now. been part of Missio for uh, seven years and been in, in a couple different house churches during that time. So if you guys can each take a quick, quick moment, just say who you are, what house church you're part of, how long you've been at Missio. My, my Someone who knows this microphone better than I do. Excellent. Uh, I'm Austin Mulvihill. Um, it says, what does it say? Oh, Cottonwood Heights. I have been a part of the Canyon Rim House Church for about four years. Uh, we actually just wound down that house church, and we are now launching two separate house churches, uh, a northern, nor more northerly one, and then the uh, Cottonwood Heights one, which I will be a part of starting this January. Hope to see you. Uh, but, yeah, so... Four years at the Canyon Room. My name is Max McLeod. I'm part of the Chicago Street uh, House Church. We've been going for about three years, and I've been part of Missio since um, East Ave merged. I'm Rebecca Yu. I go to the Avenues House Church, which I've, well, Susanna and I split from the Ninth and Ninth House Church. So we'll probably both be talking about that as well as our new house churches, um, which got formed about a month ago. So, avenues, two years. Hey, I'm Susanna Finney. I have been a part of house churches for seven years. This is my third house church that we just started last month, um, so I'm in the Sugar House house church now. Again, we just started a month ago because our ninth and ninth got too big. 
it's a beautiful thing and hard. Great. So uh, can you maybe tell us, I'm, I'm going to ask each person to say a little bit just about your current house church, uh, when and where it meets, what it's like, what you do on a typical week. Uh, but since yours is kind of also brand new, maybe say a little bit about Ninth and Ninth and the split that you mentioned. Like, was it an acrimonious Multiplied. split over doctrinal yes. issues, or uh, what? What exactly happened there? Yeah, the fist fight. Okay. Um, we multiplied because we got really big. God added to our numbers and, um, over Sean and Steph Finley started a ninth and ninth house church about three years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, and this fall we just realized that there was no one's home that could really accommodate how big we were. Um, so we had the opportunity to split into three groups. Um, so there's now two on the Monday that we used to meet. And then the one I'm a part of now is on Wednesdays. Um, so we've carried through, for the most part, I believe all three of them have carried through a lot of the habits that we had from our original house church. So our weekly rhythm is at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We um, usually eat together as often as possible. We then discuss the sermon. We believe that spending time having that space to discuss creates the opportunity for it to become more than just head knowledge or more than just words that like pass by on the screen or in and out one ear and out the other, um, but to have a place to discuss that. And um, so that's kind of a normal routine of spending time just chatting, discussing, and then we pray together. Um, and then once a month, we have been doing potlucks where we get to have a story time where someone gets the opportunity to share more about their life and their faith journey. So we get to just build these deeper relationships to say, I really want to understand where you came from. I really want to know how to be a part of your life. And um, so that's kind of our, our rhythm. And you guys are welcome to join us anytime. So we meet on Mondays uh, from 7 to 9 in the avenues. And we also do pot, well, we're planning on doing potluck once a month, again, with storytelling. But the three other weeks, we have been doing activities based around the sermon. So this can be anything from like an arts activity on your reflections from the sermon or listening prayer. So two weeks ago, we had uh, Heather talk about a psalm where um, there are like four different stanzas, and so I read that slowly, and we just had some time to listen to God in the silence and then discuss that. So I try to kind of switch it up and be creative with the different ways that people might encounter God in community. So we meet at the Chicago Street, um, which is Johnny's home, um, and uh, we meet, it says it's 6.30, but if you were there at 6.30, you'd be the only person there. Uh, where, where is Chicago Street? Uh, it's like 10th West and like about 6th North, so not too far from here. And, uh, and um, we're a community of chronically late people. Um, so we meet somewhere between 6.30 and 7, and we um, talk and, and have snacks and hang out together for a little bit, and then we get into whatever it is that we're doing that night, which is sometimes the sermon, it's sometimes something... Um, that Johnny's been working through. Sometimes it's something that the community has brought up. It really is kind of different every week. And we don't really have anything um, set week to week. It's whatever we feel like needs to be talked about. And so it changes a lot. And um, it's kind of, it's very like community led. Um, Johnny is the leader there, but I mean half, I would like at least half the time, it's not something that he's necessarily prepared, but something that someone has brought to him um, that we wanted to work through. 
I, I realize I forgot to say, our, our house church, uh, Poplar Grove, meets Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock, and um, we, we almost never um, go back over the sermon. We have a number of people in our house church who don't go to Missio, and so uh, they either don't have a church or maybe go to a different church and haven't typically heard the sermon on a Sunday. Um, we also... So sometimes uh, we kind of go through seasons. We'll kind of have a, often a book or a theme that we're studying in Scripture, and we pray for each other and study and discuss Scripture together, but we try to mix in other times as well. Sometimes we'll do a potluck with, and someone share their life story. Uh, we've done a game night at least once because Rahil really likes doing game nights. Um, we've done some service projects. We've uh, cooked a couple meals at the homeless shelter. We've uh, sorted clothes at the crisis pregnancy center and sorted donations here at Red Light. We're, we have a very service-oriented, service-minded group, so we try to uh, put some feet to our faith as well. Well, uh, my house church has not actually kicked off yet, but I will speak to how we used to meet, which is kind of our plan moving forward as well. Uh, in the Canyon Rim House Church, we were uh, hosted and led by a number of individuals, but we mostly met at the Bowman's house, and we too kind of followed the, the sermon uh, discussion format with, you know, ample opportunities to break off into, you know, uh, potlucks or, or just, you know, game nights or service opportunities as well. Um, and that's kind of what we're planning to do moving forward. Uh, the... Cottonwood Heights House Church will be uh, hosted by James Shuey. You might have seen him running around doing the logistics on Sunday morning. Um, and then uh, we'll be led by myself and the Corbins, who I see back there. <laughs> um, uh, you might know him from doing the um, junior high. And then Sharissa is, I believe, in the pre-K, no, the nursery. Yes. So um, we are aiming to be a a kid-friendly house church on Wednesday nights, uh, starting with a... Usually we're planning to have a meal at about 6.30 and then discussion at about 7. Um, again, you know, making allowances for how life brings people to the actual house at which time that happens. So, Awesome. So that, that was just kind of a, a brief introduction to the, to the house churches, but I'd love to get a little bit more personal and ask first, uh, maybe ask you, Austin... What's, what's one way, uh, maybe even personally, that you've seen God work in you, in your life, through being part of a house church? And, and kind of just, is there any sort of kind of story you can share about how house church has figured in your life as a follower of Jesus? Yeah. Um, the primary theme of my time in the, the house church over the past four years has been maturity. Um, I was invited to the house church on my first week attending Missio, uh, and I, I, I went that Tuesday, and so it's kind of um, been a, a through line of my time at this church, and uh, which was a time of me coming back to God after, you know, spending a number of years in my 20s just not pursuing the Lord at all. Um, so what that's really meant is that by encountering God with people around me in a more personal setting than, you know, church on a Sunday. 
uh, I was able to hear the word of the Lord spoken in my heart in a really personal way um, and just, a, like I said, a way that was able to mature childhood faith beliefs that had been spoken to me and not necessarily, you know, um, not sure how to phrase that, but, you know, just accepting, accepting more, internalize, more internalizing and kind of living out those beliefs in a different way than had ever really been a part of my faith walk before. Um, and yeah, pretty dramatic transformation in terms of just myself and how uh, God has worked in me and, and uh, through those around me. Can you, are you if, if you're willing, can you say a little more about that transformation? Like what, what you were in the past, <laughs> what happened, and then uh, if you're willing. Yeah, yeah. Um, sp- specific examples are um, not, not really coming to mind immediately. Um, I just, I, I know that... Uh, Sorry, I didn't think about it that way previously when I was planning this. So, um, yeah, it just, like, I, I think God has, has tried to turn me into a more reliable person, um, you know, quite, quite flaky in the past. And um, just trying to, like, you know, even trying to take the step into leading a house church, you know, and being like, okay, I'll make that commitment and stick with it kind of thing. Um, that was not really who I was in the past. Um, yeah, again, sorry, specifics are not really coming to mind other than that. That's very helpful. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, Max, how about you? Any, uh, any story come to mind about how house church has figured in your life or? Definitely. So house church has been a really big part of, um, my life and for my wife's sake, I will keep this as short as possible. Um. But when, so we got married about three years ago, and um, the first couple months of our marriage were really, really difficult, and we couldn't really figure out why that was. Um, it just felt like it was harder than it should have been, and um, I think there were a lot of aspects in that, but one of the things that we realized pretty early on is that we had not been a part of a um, God-loving community since maybe we had gotten engaged, so it had been over a year. Um, and what had happened was we got engaged about the same time, East Ave merged with Missio, and the combination of just things happening in our lives led to us not really being close with our community for about a year. And a couple months into our marriage, we realized we need to be doing some things differently and started asking ourselves what those things were. One of our first steps was, well, let's rejoin the community we know that Johnny has a house church. Let's join that and see if that can reveal some things to us. And um, house church is not like a magical switch that fixes things. But within a month or two, we realized that what we had been missing was primarily community and people in our lives that we can be vulnerable with and that we can um, share our lives with and, and just be able to actually engage with them on a much deeper level than we were with anyone. Um, and so joined the house church, realized very quickly, oh, like this is making a huge difference. Um, we need to be engaging in this more. On the second or third week that we were in house church, I asked a person that I had known for two or three weeks if they would meet with me, like weekly or biweekly. Um, 
to keep me accountable on the things that I needed to be kept accountable on and to work with um, me in my marriage and in my life to try to be the person that I felt like God was calling me to be. So he said, yes, yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to meet with you, and we have been meeting ever since. And we've grown, we've grown really, really close with the community that we're in. And so just sort of like figured out really quickly that there's not one thing that fixes things, but being in a community reveals a lot of things within myself and also helped to heal them and um, just kind of gave us the opportunity to be um, better people, grounded people who were able to um, just engage with each other better because we were engaging with others and learning and and, um, finally kind of listening to God and what he was trying to say to us. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I, lo- I, love, I love the story of, like, you join a house church, but then you also connect with somebody within the house church, and the relationship extends beyond a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night. Then you're also in deep relationship. Like, that's been a big thing in my life over the last seven years is just, I almost think of house churches, like, you know, Sunday is like one kind of, you have a pretty surface level of interaction, at least in my experience. And then house church is a little bit deeper, but it's, you know, it's still like, maybe you see someone twice a week, uh, but it's almost like a gateway where you can uh, enter into deeper relationships with people. You know, you start having uh, folks invite you over to their house for dinner and your children play together, or you meet someone for lunch or coffee and you take that step of confessing your sins to each other and praying for each other. And, and it really allows you to go deeper. So that's been a, a big way that house church has figured in my life and my family's life is just like, you know, I love the, you know, my kids, like, they see you guys on a Sunday, you know, maybe have a, a chit-chat here and there, but like when they go into your home, you know, into your home and you're sharing a meal together, allowing that deeper conversation, like it's a huge blessing to to me and Sarah and our family for our children to have deeper relationships with Jesus-loving adults who are not just us. So it's not just us who are communicating the gospel to our children. It's it's adults that they know and and love and respect that they hear the gospel from as well. So so many many ways that House Church has has been a blessing to us and our family. Um, same question for you, or a different question if you want to take it a different direction, but how, how House Church has impacted you personally? Sure. So I moved to Salt Lake City without knowing a single person two years ago, and so that was really intimidating to me, and I really didn't have a sense of community when I moved. Um, so my House Church, for me, became my family and my friends. Um, I can say that they really did a great job of welcoming me in and giving me a sense of belonging. So now they're the people that I go to when I want to work on something at a coffee shop or go ice skating or watch a movie. Um, Yeah, so I would say that the way that it's impacted me is that it's really given me a foundation of community and people that I can go to. Are there any topics or conversations you've had in house church that have been particularly challenging to delve into or um, uh, 
built you up in, a, in your faith in any particular way? Yeah, I can think of two in particular. So the first was actually twofold. So I had talked about how my house church became my community. And um, my birthday was in February. And my friends from house church surprised me with a bunch of Korean food because they knew I had been missing that from Atlanta, where I moved from. Um, and that was just really sweet. I was going through a really rough time at that time. And uh, our house church, there were people who initiated saying, hey, if there's anything we can help you with, let us know. Um, and later that week, I actually had to go to the airport. And so I reached out to my house church group text and said, hey, can anyone take me to the airport? And no one replied. And that was really hard for me because uh, my house church had initiated offering me help. And so a few weeks went by, and I brought this up with my house church, and I said, hey, like, I really felt super loved by the, all the Korean food, and you offering to help me, and when no one responded, when I really needed something, that was really hard for me. And they were really apologetic, and I've seen a lot of change in how people respond and are um, taking more initiative in responding to those who don't have family here. Um, but I think one thing, so that talk was challenging, but I think what's telling of that experience is that this is the first community where I can actually speak up with something that I'm uncomfortable about. Like, there really needs to be a foundation of trust to be able to say, hey, this hurt me, and I want to be able to talk about it and not go the other route, which is just hold a grudge. So that's one thing that was challenging. Um, another experience that I would say was pretty cool was um, we had a sex brunch. So people wanted to talk about sex because everyone talks about it and, well, outside of church. And it's really hard to navigate. Like we have a lot of young singles and like young couples and and it's just hard in a world where there's so many different messages about what it is. Um, and so I think that was a really healing talk for us. After Sunday, we just went to Susanna's house and talked about sex for how long? Ten hours. Ten hours. And there was a lot of discussion and prayer, scripture reading involved. And that, I think that was, yeah, that was really redeeming for a lot of people, especially not just, ooh, thank you, not, <laughs> not just talking about it, but also having a space to be vulnerable and truthful about our struggles, our confusions, um, and being able to be a community around a really difficult subject. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And Susanna, you've been part of Missio for how many years? Seven years. Seven years, so, and part of House Church all those years. All those years. Yeah. Um, I don't know, anything kind of you've seen over that time uh, that you'd like to speak into? Um, I think, so again, it's been three different house churches, multiple groups, and people change, people grow, people move. Utah is a place, um, Karen was a part of my first house church, and she was a person who would always say that Utah is the place where you get good at saying goodbye. And I think that that's been really true, and I, we see that here in Missio and just in our general community. And so um, I would say my first house church, I learned how to be really good at a community that changed a lot. 
um, and to know how to celebrate the people who are in, our, in your life for a season. Um, I think House Church has been a really sweet place to get to have um, open arms that as a community we welcome people in as family, um, knowing that we don't know how long we'll have with them, um, but that that's why we're here. We're here to be family, and we're here to enjoy and invest for the season we get each other. Um, I think House Church is a place where broken people come together, and um, to, to compare a little bit, um, in my first House Church, I was in college, and I remember one day just sitting there at House Church and saying, guys, I'm scared. I'm going to graduate. I have to pick a job. I have to, like, go be an adult. What do I do? And they kind of just laughed and were like, there's no answer for that. Um, <laughs> which is true, I've realized. But I've also seen, um, as house church has changed and as I've um, grown a lot deeper in these newer house churches that I've gotten to be a part of for a long time, that house church has been a really safe place. That house church, amidst all of our brokenness and all of our um, individual issues that we come and I feel like whether it is sex brunch, whether it is um, hurts from our past, or whether it is just fear of, I don't know how to say yes to the next thing and be excited for it because it just seems scary. Um, this fall, I'm a nurse, and I definitely felt like at the hospital I ran out of hope. Um, and I would say my house church was where I, I knew I could and could turn to and where they would speak into that. Um, because I had no hope left to give to any of my patients and their families, and um, I can't exactly invite anyone into my workplace. However, um, to see people come alongside me to send scripture, to pray, um, and just to continue to check in, even these months later, that they're like, well, how, how is work, and how are the patients you're really worried about doing, and, and what's going on, and how can we continue to come alongside you, and yeah, it's just been really, really cool to have that reinforced that house church is a really safe place for me to be really needy. I don't like having needs. I like helping other people fix their problems and meeting other people's needs and to know over and over again that when I've come with my needs and when I see other people come with their needs and have those needs met, that I, I feel safe um, in this group. Awesome. Uh, so at the beginning, we read um, those one another commands, uh, love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. And we've heard a little bit about how that is lived out. You, know, you talked about forgive confrontation and forgiveness. We've talked about hospitality. Um, but I won't ha make everybody answer this question, but are there any examples of uh, in your house church where you've a story you'd want to share about how you've lived out one of those commands uh, that we read this morning about how to, how to love one another, serve one another, encourage one another? Anybody have a story they want to share speaking to those? Yeah, yeah. Um, a month or two ago, we, start, we have group me's. That's what we use as a, our main way of communicating. Um, and there's a new group me we started as an accountability group. And within our house church, this place that we can just check in with each other. Um, and I would say that this has been a very frequent reminder of how much we need each other and how once a week or even twice a week is not enough to have community that keeps you strong and keeps you pressing on to the prize, to win the goal, to the end. Like, this is a long road and journey that we're on, and there are things that come at us to um, attack our hope, to keep us um, living in temptation, to, um, to give up. And so this communication that we have on GroupMe 
um, is a place where people can check in, um, ask specific questions, know that they will be given an honest response, um, and that whatever the need is, whether it's reminders of truth or even just distraction, Addison is so good at sending gifts and memes to make you happy. <laughs> so good. So if you don't know who that is, please, if you want some gifts and memes in your life, Addison will win the day every time. Um, and I think in that, it's, there's encouragement of, I can, I can sit with you and encourage you, I can text you um, and make you laugh, and I can text you and remind you that God is good even when today is a dark day, even when today is a hard day and a sad day, and when tomorrow is too much, because today is all we can focus on sometimes. So I would say that's a way that we've served each other and, and allowed for there to be space for vulnerability and healing. Did anyone else want to speak to that particular question? Austin. Thanks. Um, I, I think the one that, looking over all those commands that really spoke to me, was bearing each other's burdens. Um, uh, over the course of time, it's just, very rarely has it been a time of, um, like, asking for vulnerability. It's been a lot of people just opening up as they've become comfortable in the space that, that there is in house church. Um, and obviously I'm not going to tell other people's stories, but there has been a lot of those specific moments. Um, but one that was really powerful for me personally was earlier this year, uh, during Lent, we had a really great sermon series about lamentation. Um, and we, we, we took the tenants that were being talked about, you know, up here um, in a, you know, a little bit of an abstract way, and we tried to, we tried to live them out in, in our house church meetings those weeks. And so one of the first ones was simply to share, sharing our laments, you know. And um, I, you know, I'd, just a group of people that, that I felt very comfortable opening up to, and I was able to just really kind of pour my heart about out about how, you know, the pain of my parents' divorce was still so strong with me. And I'm like, gosh, it's been, you know, six years. I was an adult when they were divorced. You know, like, why, why is this so painful, you know? And um, no easy answers, of course. But um, just feeling accepted there and heard, uh, you know, for probably one of the first times, you know, just really opening up about that. And so, yeah, it was a really... Not necessarily the point wasn't to heal from that because, again, it's, it's a long-standing thing, but just to be heard mm -hmm. and um, accepted in that pain, you know, so. Yeah, praise God. Um, last question I wanted to ask is, you know, house churches are far from a perfect place or a, or a cure-all or anything like that, so wanted to ask something that's been like challenging or difficult about house church, maybe even disappointing, uh, and relatedly something that you may hope for your house church, like a way you'd hope your house church would grow or mature in the coming year. So, you know, difficulty, frustration, disappointment, or a hope for growth or maturity. Um, anyone want to go first? Yeah, so um, our house church is, I think, really good at certain things. We're good at being vulnerable with each other. We're close, um, so people are not afraid to share things. 
Um, but I don't, what I think we've struggled with is knowing why we continue to meet, um, trying to figure out what the point of our house church is. Um, we have had a couple moments, basically as long as I've been in it, we've every so often asked ourselves, why are we meeting? What's the purpose of this time? And we kind of always land somewhere in between where friends who like to hang out, and this is a Bible study. It's not either of those things. It's something in between. We haven't really been able to define it, and I think that's been really difficult for some of the people in the church, in the house church, but I also think it's been difficult for people um, trying to join our house church um, because we don't have, like, a structure that we follow very well. We don't have um, really defined, like, this is what we do here. We just kind of have, like, a group of people who sometimes need one thing, sometimes need another thing, sometimes we go over the sermon. Like, we, we don't really have a clear vision of this is what we are here to do, other than to be here for each other, which maybe is it, but I don't know. I th- that's something that we have kind of come back to a couple times as people have joined and left. Um, and so my hope for that is just that we would either have a clear vision that something would, you know, as we pray about it and as we talk about it, something would become clear, this is what we're here for, or that we would maybe be okay in, in the gray mm-hmm. of that, yeah. um, which is hard. It's hard to do that. And so um, my hope is that, it, is that whatever we decide, that it wouldn't be discouraging to new people and that it wouldn't push anyone out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, I think for me on this question of difficulty, like we, we have uh, seven children right now, one on the way, uh, ranging in age from one-year-old to uh, almost 13. And so life feels very busy right now in terms of um, just, just day-to-day life is pretty full. And then, you know, you add in a few kid activities. Like, we're not, we're not like crazy with kids in like five different sports all the time, but just one kid, one activity. There's a lot of stuff going on in the evenings. And, you know, we just feel like pretty spread thin in some ways. Um, so that can make it difficult even just to like make time to show up at house church. It's hard to make, you know, like one kid activity ends at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And so we're picking up our daughter, but house church starts at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. So we're always, we're always a little bit late. Um, and just finding the time and the space to like invest in the relationships that, the way that we would like to. So that's, that's just like a challenge and a difficulty of house church. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Just as Americans, we tend to live very busy lives. And so it, it can also make it hard for house church to feel all that satisfying. You know, on any given night, you're showing up kind of in a rush. And then, you know, you end at like, 9.30 and kids are past their bedtime and rush them home. So any given night doesn't always feel like a chilling out, relaxing, you know, hangout time with your friends. But, you know, I think, and, and one of the first house churches we went to was not actually very welcoming towards children. Um, you know, when we brought our children, it almost felt like we were burdening the group. And that actually was a wounding experience for us. So, you know, it's not at all perfect, but like I said earlier, you know, I've been, we've been tremendously blessed as a family, particularly with the relationship that our children have formed with the adults in the group. 
And I think as well, the adults have been blessed by uh, getting to know our children. So I think, you know, just speaking to families out there that maybe feel busy, feel like it's impossible to make time for house church, I think, yes, it's a challenge, but there can also be a lot of uh, beauty that comes from that. Either of you want to speak to the challenge? Sure. So I think our challenge has evolved into something that I'm really excited for. When we divided house churches or multiplied, we had, well, I think we had a lack of leadership, and I somehow ended up leading our house church, which I was, <laughs> which is challenging for me. Um, and I realized I can't do this every week. This is not sustainable for me. And so we came up with an idea of me leading every other week and someone from our group leading every other week. And that's really exciting for me because I do believe that everyone can be a leader. Just leadership looks different with different personalities. And so I'm excited to see what kind of different um, styles of learning and community we'll get through that changing leadership. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's a good, a good note to wrap up our conversation. And uh, can, can we all you just join me in thanking everyone for coming up and sharing? Um, and uh, you guys can make your way back to your seats. I'm just going to say a couple words and then and pray to wrap up, and then we'll um, worship together with communion and, and further song. Um, so this, this might have sounded sort of like an extended like commercial for house churches, like, hey, everybody should get in a house church. Uh, that's not really the heart or intent behind it. Uh, it's first and foremost to praise God for what he has done in our house churches over the last year, over the last seven or eight years. Uh, so praise God for what he's done in our house churches. Uh, if you're part of a house church, hopefully this gives you a, a, a renewed sense of vision and excitement for what God can do. Um, and if you're on the fence about a house church or maybe have never been to one, this is not at all meant to like guilt you into trying out a house church. Um, and there's, there's nothing about like going to a house church that earns God's favor or, or earns you any brownie points, you know, Jesus already did it all. Uh, but it is an invitation uh, that you can join any one of these house churches, uh, you know, take out your phone, take a picture of these uh, at the welcome table. There's email addresses where you can uh, contact folks. And then uh, uh, there were a couple house churches not represented up here on stage today. Uh, Daniel, you can raise your hand. He's part of a house church. Um, and if anyone is part of a house church and your house church wasn't represented up here today, can you just raise your hand real quick? Anyone? All right, right here. So you can, you can introduce yourself to anybody who's up on stage, anyone who raised their hand, ask them about their house church. It's an easy uh, path to get in. The new year is a great time to join. It's a, you know, several of these have multiplied and are just now forming, so you'll be getting in on the ground floor. And again, it's not, a, it's not a heavy, you know, go do this, but it is an invitation, uh, it is an encouragement, and it is a challenge. Uh, as the new year comes, you're making New Year's resolutions, uh, we're all busy, 
But I would challenge you to consider, you know, how are you living out these commands that we read this morning? Uh, how are you living out the way of Jesus that he has saved us into? And could House Church uh, possibly be a forum for you uh, to live into that? Uh, so let's pray. Father, thank you for what you have done. Uh, we do not create community through our own efforts. You create community through the completed work of Jesus and through the power of your Holy Spirit. And you have, uh, you have matured people, you have challenged people, uh, you have encouraged people, uh, you have taught us uh, through our house churches, you have loved us through our house churches, and we praise you for that. And then we want to ask you this coming year to renew and strengthen our house churches, uh, invigorate our communities so that we could really love one another, serve one another, teach one another, uh, and praise you together as uh, not just a collection of individuals who see each other once or twice a week, uh, but as a truly uh, a body, the body of Jesus that would uh, spur one another on toward love and good deeds and would also impact our neighborhoods and collectively our city for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.